We are live with Tabernate Talks, another episode. All right. uh, welcome back. I'm glad everybody's here. And uh, you're joining me for uh, a very special guest here. I say that every week, but I mean it this time. All right. <laughs> we, this is, I do. It's like, it's like a very special guest every week. But this time, I mean it. This guy has been around the block. He's been with me. I know him personally. I've done business with him. Uh, I've done business with his team. Um, you know, so uh, you're going to really get some nuggets on this one. I'm going to try to change it up a little bit this time and ask some things that are really specific to the market. I think, uh, you know, we've been really generic on, on neighborhoods and things like that, but I, I really want to try to get to the front line now of what's going on uh, in, in this current market because it seems like there's a lot of panic uh, that I hear from loan officers and from realtors that are worried about what they're walking into in 2024. Are they going to have a job? Are they going to, you know, uh, be able to prosper like they did in the past? You know, only guys like this can tell us, right? Because they've, <laughs> they, they've been on the front line. They are on the front line. They know what's going on. So Tori Schroff, the Schroff Group, right? Morristown, I guess, this is really his backyard. Right? Morristown is my backyard. I live yes. in Mount Laurel. So. Okay, lives in Mount Laurel. Morristown is uh, where the office is, maybe, right? Yeah, on oh, Main Street. Main yep. Street, Morristown, right? So uh, he knows his New Jersey stuff. I haven't had too many Jersey realtors on, uh, so this will be uh, a treat for us because it's been, you know, primarily the Philly market because everybody wants to know what's going on over here. But, you know, the Jersey market's a different animal. We're welcoming the viewers to the dark side. There we go, I like right? We, we finally have, <laughs> have brought the guy on that, that could give us that dark side. So uh, take it away. Just give us some background on you, on, uh, you know, when you started, what got you into this business? And uh, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, uh, well, first and foremost, my name is Tori Schroff, uh, team leader of the Schroff Group, hometown real estate group in uh, Morristown. Uh, been in the business since 2017, so uh, basically on my seventh year here. Uh, and uh, it's kind of an interesting story because getting into the business actually came and started from the mortgage business. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you knew that or not. I, I didn't think know that. I think we've discussed that before. Really? I won't name well, any names of where a... I was from right. uh, in the mortgage I, I, I'm business. Thinking. But... <laughs> I have an idea. I have an idea. All right, but I'm going to leave it there, too. Yeah. I won't touch uh, it. Wasn't the best company uh, to work for, if you right. ask me, in my yeah. opinion. And you were a processor uh, or a loan officer there? Uh, so I was a loan officer there, but the way that that business worked is they were a large servicer. That's what I mean. So it's like an inbound right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, basically, yeah. Well, when we first started, it was inbound. They started to get it you know, pushing us towards outbound. But uh, basically, we were working their own portfolio. It was a refi shop. So yeah, yeah. they would take in large pools of loans, and uh, they were loans that they could get on the cheap because a lot of these loans were in need of refinancing. Yeah. Uh, so these loans, they knew uh, were going to fall out. Sure. Uh, so we would come in, refinance them down, and then either hold them so as a package. basically like a lay down. Yeah. Kind of. Or resell it. Right. Resell is it. basically what they would do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in that business, uh, especially in that line of this business, uh, you know, it's a call center. You're sitting in one spot all day. They gave us 15 minutes to walk around yeah. once every four yeah, hours. I've been and, there. Uh, I know. Yeah, I couldn't look at the same ceiling fan uh, all day, every day. I was like, this can't be my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. for the rest no of the No matter what the money is. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it pushed me into the real estate business. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for that. And, you know, it's I mean, he, he's been through, if you look at what this guy's done, he's been through, you know, I started working with him, I think in 18, maybe, 
um, we had moved to Broad and Lombard. Uh, and, and well, we had an office on Passchunk Ave, and then we moved over to Broad and Lombard, and then we started hooking up with with Tory uh, himself uh, through a, a title company contact that I had. Um, you know, thank you, George Duffield. I'll give you, I'll give you a bump there. All right, so, but we, we <laughs> good but people, it, yeah, good people, very good guy. Uh, so we, you know, we started working with Tory. Um, you know, he was a, a local guy. We knew that we wanted to be with him. He was young, sharp. Uh, you know, and he seemed like he knew what he was doing, which he did because he already had that background in mortgages, which helps you uh, in this business, uh, give you that 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 boost to, to get going, right? So yeah, definitely. So now he's here. We're in 2024. I'm not going to go through all the pandemics. That's because I, I go through that every week, and it feels like you know we all know what happened to the pandemic, right? So let, let's not even go there. Let's just go to what's going on now, um, because I, I just get asked constantly every day, Alex, what's your feelings and and, you know, my question to you is, is the worst behind us, right? So this is the biggest question I get. Like, do we feel that we've seen the bottom? We're in December of 2024. You know, we've been through a tough year. Um, you know, is the worst behind us? Well, uh, to, to, to put it in perspective, it's a little bit of a loaded question, uh, you know, if you ask me, because... Uh, and I can see that look in your face. <laughs> it, is, it is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> so you think you know, about that a minute. Well, the, <laughs> the one thing I always tell my clients is uh, nobody has the magic ball. And uh, if someone, you know, is telling you, sitting there and telling you, this is what's going to happen, we know this is what's going to happen. Uh, they're a scam artist. They're a liar. Uh, I agree. You know, they're not being honest with I you. I agree. Uh, because the true honest question, or, or not question, but the, the honest answer of that is we don't know. Um, no one can really tell you uh, if it's if it's going to get worse or it's going to get better. What we can tell you uh, is what's happening and what it feels like uh, is happening. Uh, so the best way to put that is is inventory is still terrible. Okay. Uh, there's just nothing out there. Uh, most and that's people, the truth. He's not lying uh, now because I think I'm, that's a common theme that we're hearing that this yeah. inventory is terrible. And I ask guys like this every week, how's the inventory? And they tell me the same thing. Yeah, so... There's nothing out there uh, for people to buy. Uh, you've got you've got pent up demand. You've got a little bit lower demand right now because of the interest rates. Uh, but because the inventory is so bad, it doesn't really matter. There's still not enough houses to go around. At the end of the day, uh, there's always going to be some people who need to move, or some people who have a very very burning desire to move. And what are you um, seeing right now? The the only people that are actually saying are raising their hand and saying, I want to move, or the people that need to move? Mostly. Either either they need to move or their situation is th they hate it so bad that they really, really want to want to make a move. So they, they, they <laughs> hate where they're at. Yeah. Right, they're um, sick of it. And then there's obviously first-time buyers who understand, like, the only way through this is to, to get in and jump in because it's as It's funny equity, you say first-time buyers because – you deal with a, a huge portion of first-time buyers because yeah. he's a young guy. He yeah. sees first-time buyers. He deals with a lot of them. Right? And they're struggling, I feel, for them. Like, take um, us into the mind of what they're feeling right now because I think a lot of people who are watching this show this week are going to say, I'm a first-time buyer. What's a guy like Tori think that uh, I should be thinking right now or what's going through my mind to psychologically get through this market? Well, I can tell you this much because uh, I'm not a first-time buyer, but I'm, I was a buyer. I actually bought about five months ago uh, the house that I'm going to live in. Um, you know, from from that standpoint, it's this. Uh, I personally believe 
that maybe we'll see a small reduction in prices uh, when things start to fall apart with uh, the overall general market, not the housing market, but the general market uh, in 2024. Uh, we might see like a little bit of price reduction just because less jobs, banks might be less willing to lend. Uh, but at the end of the day, as soon as they start dropping rates, as soon as things start changing, uh, you're going to see prices continue to go up. I mean, we're in the, you're talking about high inflation. We're in an inflationary period right now. Uh, there's no escaping it. Uh, Basically, it feels like the forces above us are, are trying to push us into a, a renter's economy. Sure. Uh, so as a first-time buyer, if you are thinking of buying and it's the right time for you, it's, it's the right thing for your family, then I say go for it because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I do believe real estate in the next 10, 20, 30 years is going to be significantly more uh, expensive than it is now. Sure. Appreciation is going to continue to go up, as you know, and there's going to be uh, bidding wars that will be coming back, as you know. But not only that, once you're in the game, you're in the game. You're in the game. You 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 start building that equity. So you see that appreciation, you're paying down your loan, and, uh, you know, let's say you have a 10-year timetable or a five-year timetable. Let's say that those prices do go up. Well, now that house that you bought – uh, five years ago is worth fifty thousand to seventy thousand more. Well, that's a nice large piece of equity to put sure. down on your next house if right. you want to. Right. Or you might have developed such a space where the rent prices have gone up, and now you've got a great margin on that property. Yeah. yeah. Now you find yourself as a landlord. But as a first-time home buyer, one of the most important things to to keep in mind is what is your exit strategy? What's your plan? What's your timetable? Um, what's your timeline? If things go against you. What's your goals? How are you going to handle that time? Uh, I mean, you need no to longer, answer those questions. It's no questions. longer just I'm buying a house, right? Yeah. It used to be, oh, I'm a first-time buyer. I just want to buy a house. I saw that all the time, right? Now you really do have to have some type of strategy in order to say, this is why I'm buying this house, and this is my exit plan, like Tori said, and what's my next move. You're really going to be thinking of the next move. Unless you say, I'm going to live in this house forever, which what are the chances? But that is a move. Right, when is a that, move. Well, that is sure, a move. Sure. Your timeline then is 30 years. If, you're, if your timeline I mean, is 30 years, then I say buy 100% of the time. Now? I mean, does that really happen where somebody won and done, you know, forever? I mean, that's, you, don't, you find that in the old days, I feel like. Yeah, I was going to say, I, ask I my parents. They, right, <laughs> they still have the house I, mean. I grew you up in. You don't find that in, the, no. in 2024. You yeah. find people want to move. It's like, a, it's like a lease, right? They lease a car for three or four years, and then they get tired of it. And well, like, I think they uh, say you know I got to move to a new house now. Yeah, I think they say what's the average uh, the five average years. American moves every 5 to 7 yeah, years. 5 to 7 years. And uh, that's somewhat pr- proved to be true because yeah. uh, as you hit that 4, 5, 6 year mark uh, in the business, you start seeing things turn yeah. over a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, people that you've worked with calling you back and and doing it all over again. So, and that's you know. the beauty of it is that you you know, if you take care of your people, which I know is tough in this market, you know, I feel it. You know, these listen I'm going to go off the tangent here. These are not easy deals to, cl- to close, right? I, I work really hard to get every deal to close. And they're not the, uh, there's, there's conditions that are being asked for that you might not want to uh, give. There's conditions that are being asked for that you can't give, right? Because you, you it's not possible, and the underwriters are asking for that you know, in, in the back end. I'm seeing a lot of things where you know, it, it's not the, the easiest thing to get these deals to closing. You know? Tori and me and the other guys that I've had on for the last five weeks, you got to be a team here, man. I mean, you have to really 
you know, everybody's got to chip in. I mean, him, me and him were on the phone how many times on, <laughs> on one deal? I mean, it, it's At least it's, it's fun. They're fun, fun conversations. Yeah, well, Crea- we have, we, creativity is key. Right, we have fun, right? Because oh. if you don't make it fun, you'll be ripping each other's heads off, yeah. yelling at each other. So you know it's not easy. And then you got to nurture that relationship after closing and try to stay in contact with these people because you want to make sure that they come back to you because you put a lot of work in up front in order to, to help them out, right? So, oh, absolutely. Um, that's that's really what it's all about. Right. So at the end of the day. All right. So uh, true or false, rising rates means more inventory. I would say no. I would say the opposite. I think rising rates means less inventory. You've got people who are, uh, you know, they're already locked in at 2875 3%, 3.25%. Uh, it's really hard to convince those people to uh, to sell their house and then and then take a higher rate. But I do think lower rates uh, does mean rising inventory. We know, right? Uh, so <laughs> yes. So uh, if we see that uh, coming in 2024, which apparently is the prediction, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think we'll see at least a, a little bit of a cut. Now, somebody told uh, me, see, and I, and I took a note there. for myself, November, they said there was an uptick in uh, listings over the last couple of weeks. Do you feel that or no? Uh, well, it's certainly been true for me, so I guess uh, I guess that's the case. Um, so you've had a few new listings over the last couple of weeks hit out of nowhere. Yeah. Due to yeah. maybe these rates coming down a little bit. It, it, it very well could be. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to really say what a reason is or what a reason isn't. Um, you know, we like to, to, you know, really dig into the analytics and, and think we can fully understand it. But sometimes it's, it's just what happens. But uh, I do think when we saw that rate drop, it definitely got some ears perked, sure. which is a great uh, indicator of the pent up demand. Yeah, that's really there. There's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines just waiting for their opportunity. Uh, that's a, a real thing. I mean, uh, the 10-year treasury went to 4.20. Yeah. If, if you don't realize, the 10-year treasury was at 5.20. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was It was higher. I mean, it, or actually, it didn't go to 5.20. I'm, I'm wrong. It went to f- close to 5 or a little bit over, and then it came back down now into the low fours. Me and Tori, you know, we're, we're two uh, 10-year guys, right? So we hang on that 10-year constantly whenever i want to check the yeah. tenure i can text him and he can text me and say <laughs> well, hey, yeah, what's we... going on in tenure right so and he's the only it's a regular conversation he's one of the only realtors that i can talk to about the tenure i hate to say that but if you're in the industry and i'm teaching my uh newer loan officers that i'm trying to bring on or one that i've just brought on uh which you'll meet soon um the tenure treasury is what you got to follow guys no it's not 100% what's going to happen with the interest rates, but it's directly tied to the long-term interest rates, right? The 30-year fixed is tied to that 10-year. If the 10-year goes down, the rates go down. If the 10-year goes up, the rates you know are most likely going to go up. It's very rare that you see the 10-year go down and the rates not go down right behind it. Yeah. Right. So, or if it does, at least it's a good indicator that it will Correct. Uh, going you that know direction. what you know that it's going to be going that direction. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you have a good advisor, which I say in this market, you need an advisor. You know, after 25 years, I learned that. Like, I'm, you know, I'm getting a lot of weird looks nowadays by people <laughs> saying, you know, you're advising, Alex. You're a, you're a loan officer. No, uh, you got to be an advisor nowadays. You have to follow that tenure. You have to yeah. tell people what's going on. You have to be honest with them, and you have to tell them the truth. I think the rates are going to go down this week. 
because I've been seeing the tenure go down every day and I feel that we will get a change for the better. Or no, you got to bring them the bad news. I yeah. see the tenure going up a little bit. I think, right, that's what we did with his personal <laughs> uh, when, when it first started, well, I'm even thinking back uh, before that when uh, when the Fed actually first started pushing the rates up and we started seeing those rates go up. It was oh. just like, oh, like I think it's going to go down. And then it was painful. It keeps going up. It, it was, was painful. It was uh, you know, hard you, to watch. I, I couldn't catch it, right? So, you know, as my job is to try to, you know, lessen the pain of, of every client that I have, especially personal realtors that I know and we've hung out with on, on personal basis is, you know, you really want to try to take care of them. The problem is, is when the tenure shoots up so fast, day by day, minute by minute, it felt like sometimes two or three times in one day. It was quick. We kind of gambled, right, to say, well, this is just crazy. Why would it go up this fast? It's got to come back down. And, and as we've talked about burned. before, too, there's no... There's no crystal ball. No, There's no way know. for anybody to know you get exactly what's going to happen. Get burned. You try to make educated guesses, and uh, yeah, you know that's really all it's about. Yeah. So, so listen. Let, let's go to the all important question. You know, because I know this is what every realtor wants to hear. Although I'm a loan officer, I'm going to help you guys out by asking a, a, an important question to help you because it's not only about us and, and first time buyers and all that stuff. It's about these guys too because these are the guys that feed us. So, um, what? Um, how do you get a listing in this market when there's no listings? <laughs> what do you do? What do you do to get a listing in this market when there's no listings? Uh, so that's that's an interesting question. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you have an interesting answer. <laughs> well, <we're> <laughs> uh, the the easiest answer for that is be in the business for five years plus. Okay, well that's a good answer. <laughs> I like that answer. If you there if you you've been in the business, obviously it's a lot easier in this market. I really feel for those people who are just getting started. It's a it's a much much harder uh, game to play uh, as a beginner in this market than uh, someone who's already been playing the game for long enough. Uh, and that's unfortunately uh, an advantage that we're going to have. Okay. Uh, but if I was to take somebody who uh, is just starting out and, and kind of give them the advice, it, it really comes down to two, two answers, marketing and hard work. Okay. Marketing and hard work. You're not going to get the listings if you're not seen. Uh, so you have to find a way to get your name out there. How to get your name out there? Do you like well, branding and stuff like that? You mean? Yeah, brand, branding, marketing, right. all of that. Okay. Um, how do you how do, you, do that? How do you do that? Where do well, I start? The, the simplest way is social media. I mean, without a doubt, no doubt about it. We live in the digital age. Uh, that's where the eyes are. Uh, so, you know, uh, one of the things that a lot of realtors at the very beginning have a hard time doing is posting about real estate uh, and talking about it, talking about it with their friends uh, all that kind of stuff because they feel like they're redundant or they feel like, ah, oh, like maybe I don't feel cool doing this or th yeah. this or that. You just got to do it. Um, you can't be afraid to do it and you got to do it and you got to post. And honestly, I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't could think, take my own I don't think advice you, on this you're one. You're saying that you're being a realtor is not cool. I think that's yeah, cool. Well, I, I do think it's cool personally, I mean, it's cool. but when you're, I mean, when, no, you're when you're just starting off. a loan officer, that sounds more geeky <laughs> than, than a realtor. Yeah. Right? So but for, whatever. But you know. when you're first starting <laughs> off, it can be hard. It can be daunting to, to start uh, feeling like, hey, like I want to, you know, have people around me. Like, yeah see me posting these business uh, posts all the time. Cool. Uh, especially if you don't really feel like a, a market professional sure. at the very beginning. Um, but you got to do it. You got to get the eyes on there. You got to get seen. Um, so you definitely have to hammer it. I could take my own advice on this, but I think you should be at least posting on social media three times a week, at least. A week? 
at, we, okay. at least. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I get a little bit I thought you were going to say a day. That's why I, A I day? I mean, even, I said at least. Right. At That's least. like bare minimum. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, um, okay. I you believe know, you. I mean, I think, when, when I think, I think about once a day at least. Yeah, and when I, when I think about my market competitors, uh, you know, the people who are bigger than me, the people that do more business than me, like, you can really even see it, like, flat out that you know they're posting two or three times a day as yeah. you said yeah. um which as i was saying i could take my own advice a little bit but thankfully i've been in the business long enough that i'm a little bit more comfortable yeah um how so about that, this question how much how much should i invest uh in if i'm a new realtor or even a new loan officer which i can answer on my side how much should you invest you should go all in you know and i and sometimes that's hard to say when you yeah. have bills to pay right i mean you got to take care you of can't people. dip your toes you in the can't. water if you're if you're going to get especially in this market if you're going to get into this market and you're going to play the game you got to play the game you got to um, go all in then yeah. as far as investing money into your name yeah which you may have to take a hit in the in the beginning in order to make your money back yeah 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 and it's actually uh interesting because uh adaptability is is key too uh as you know We've uh, we've had marketing spends together that uh, yeah, we lost at the beginning were, were very yeah. profitable and and they changed and you know now we're adapting so now we're looking at different places to put our money sure um, and one of the things I'm thinking might be the the new move into uh, the near future is is more things in the local community that are actually tangible yeah uh, like like a, a sign in your grocery store or like a billboard or yeah. like, yeah. Uh, you know, a stand in your local CVS or something like that. And uh, your brand awareness in your local area, even though it's not going to give you leads instantaneously, uh, that fame, that uh, prestige builds over time. Yeah. Um, what do you think about mailings? What do I think about mailings? I think they can very, very well work. Uh, as long as you're willing to commit to them, you got to commit to them. You can't just send one mail, one one yeah. mailer, and think it's going to work. You right. gotta, you gotta be consistent with it. Like, let's say you're going to target a neighborhood. If you're going to target a neighborhood and you're going to try and be that neighborhood professional, you got to be hitting those people at least once a month for yeah. at least a year. Uh, so you got to commit to at least twelve mailings, uh, you know, before you think you're going to start getting listings from it. So, uh, so these so are long term games. Investment. Yeah, they're not they're not going to be your fast results. They're not going to be your your quick answers. And uh, that's where brand awareness is great is for your longevity. Uh, but obviously, if we're going back to the idea that we're talking to somebody who's brand new in the business, that longevity isn't going to help you at the very beginning to start putting some money in your pocket. Uh, so that's where the hard work comes in. Right. And you're not going to um, get it. Like if you're starting in the new in the business, you're not going to get a deal the first month you come out, unless it's from your aunt, your sister, or your brother. Yeah. 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 Uh, you get your family in the beginning, you feel all good. You know, I, I've done that. You know, yeah. I've closed my, you know, whoever, anybody in my family. And I'm like, ah, I closed all these <laughs> deals, right? And then and the next thing you know, you're like, everybody's closed. you got no, no more family to close. Help. And then you're like, uh, who's next? And then yeah. and there's nobody yeah. because I, you didn't market. As a newcomer, I would say you got to hit the phones, maybe even door knock. Uh, call your, all your relatives. Call all your friends. Just say hi. It's been a while since we spoke. I wanted to let you know I'm a realtor now. You know, if you need anything, let me know. Help you buy and sell. Write handwritten notes. Hit them too. Uh, and then even invest in something like Red X. Uh, call neighborhoods. You know, 
uh, call people just, you know, whenever you do have a listing or a team member of yours has a listing or someone in your brokerage has a listing and they're willing to help you with it. Just be like, look, uh, you know, my brokerage has this listing. We're trying to sell it. We're trying to find a buyer for it. You know, anybody in the area, uh, there's also low inventory. Is there any idea that you might want to sell? Uh, do you know anybody who might want to sell? And, you know, you just really have to start conversations with people and, and see where it goes from there. Cause you know, it might take 200, 300 calls, but that 200, 300 calls, could take one day and you might have five good conversations then maybe one turns into a lead you know i'm hearing a lot of people doing cold calling nowadays back to the old school calling 100 and 200 people a day you know which is what we used to do even as loan officers back in 2005 <laughs> i mean which is it's it not fun terrible. it's it's it's, it's basically the hard work that unfortunately if you haven't already built that prestige uh you're really going to want to get into and honestly even as you know, someone like myself who's been in the business, you know, there's definitely competitors out there who sell more houses than me. Well, what's the the main factor? They're probably putting in more hours than me. What are they That's doing? Kind of they're calling people. You they're calling call people. Uh, you know, they're building their brand even bigger. And, so, do you uh, feel cold calling is like salesy though? Don't you feel like it's a? Uh, you oh, it's know not I mean? fun. It's, it's not, not fun. fun. Right. It's not fun. I it's, mean, listen. I'm not trying to say if you're out there doing it that you're wrong. You're not wrong if you're cold calling. So don't make me feel like I'm coming off to say that that's a wrong thing. I'm not a hundred percent fan of cold calling. I never was. It's I the high hanging fruit, right, so to speak. Right. It's, it's definitely not the low hanging fruit. It's but, the high hanging fruit. But when you're a beginner, you got to try to pick every it. berry that there it. is out there. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah. So what I'm thinking is, if if we if we do cold call maybe one day a week, you know, just to get your feet wet and get yeah. you warm then maybe you'll start to like it. You know, listen. The worst case scenario with this, though, to speak of it, is it gets you uh, more in tune with your skills speaking about real estate. Right. And, you know, when you're cold calling people. Yeah. And then that gives you the confidence to want to do more. Yeah. And when you're cold calling people, that's a low risk way to have a conversation with someone about real estate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because when you're your good buddy or your, your relative or your, your friend that, you know, is trying to find a realtor is out there and they're a really hot lead, the low-hanging fruit, and you don't have your skills or your game prepared, there's a decent chance that you're going to lose that lead. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, you don't want that to happen either. You know, I saw a a post on Facebook real quick that said today that the the, the lender didn't know what a – a realtor posted on Facebook that the lender didn't know what a commitment letter is. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, these things are still happening in this market. If you don't know what a commitment letter is, you need to exit the business. <laughs> I will, uh, you know, <laughs> I will walk you, I will help you walk to the door because, you, 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 you know, that is called, you really need a mentor or something or you just yeah. don't belong. Like, you know, Get out of the business or get serious. Or get One serious, the right. The commitment letter is the be all end all of the deal. If you don't yeah. know what that is, then. I don't know what, what 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 you're doing here. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I was reading that on the way here. And I'm like, <laughs> like this is great stuff, you know. What a brutal know. scenario that right, must have been. Right, right. So, um, all right. So, um, what's going to happen? to Home prices in 2024. I think we're going to see a small increase. Small. I think I think we're going to see. Well, once again, this comes back to the crystal ball thing. There's going to be a large question that's going to happen. Uh, I think that most people see the writing on the wall that there's a decent chance that we're going to see some kind of economic downturn in 2024. Okay. So uh, that's called a recession. 
We could right. use the word. We could use that term. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, when recessions happen, uh, certain things, at least in our experience in time, uh, you know, the the timeline that we're talking about, uh, certain things tend to happen. Uh, usually, uh, credit gets tighter, uh, but banks tend to cut rates, uh, and jobs start getting lost. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a fine line of finding that combination between jobs getting lost, credit tightness, and lowering rates. Because there is a lot of pent-up demand out there. Uh, so when we see lo- rates start getting lower, uh, especially with this lower inventory, I think uh, that's going to create a serious boom. Uh, but people also get frightened when there's recessions, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so if we see a recession in 2024, I could see the first two quarters or whenever this recession first starts happening, I could see us seeing a slight reduction in prices because demand kind of starts wavering. Rates haven't really started dropping yet. Um, in that scenario, people are really scared. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who still believe a market crash in the real estate market is coming. I mean, what he's I'm explaining not right now is, that, is I feel like we're already in one. Yeah, I hate to say. Yeah, I mean, you know and, I mean, and I'm yeah. not a huge believer that we're gonna see 08 all over again. It's the the fundamentals don't yeah. seem to be there. Yeah, uh, we don't want to see 08 again. But that's that that's, scares people, and that that de- will shrink demand a little bit. So I think we could see a small reduction in prices whenever that recession does hit. Yeah, and then as soon as they start cutting rates, I think we're gonna see it flip, almost like almost like when the pandemic did happen. You know, who knows the exact trajectory of how it will go. Uh, but like, let's take the, the pandemic, for example. Uh, you know, demand shrunk to, to like nothing. No business was getting done right yeah. when, when the pandemic got hit. The stock market crashed. Uh, and then as soon as the, uh, the Fed came into the rescue, you saw not only housing prices go insane, uh, but you also saw the stock market make all new highs. Yeah, uh, And that's kind of tends to be the case. I mean, rates dictate a lot of market in everything. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's real estate. It doesn't matter if it's commercial businesses. It doesn't matter if it's the stock market. It doesn't matter if it's tech. Yeah. Uh, when there's lower rates, it's a lot easier to expand. And when there's higher rates, it's a lot harder to expand. Uh, so, I'm going to test them next, and this is a good question for – actually – this is not a question, but it is a question because we're going to see if he knows what I'm talking about because, you know, uh, my daughter says that he doesn't <laughs> know what, it, what he's talking about, right, when I ask this question. But our true professional will be able to answer this question. Are we One, live right now, by the way? We are live right now. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't shock you. I was, no, no, I okay. wasn't sure. Because I, I know we come for a second. I wasn't sure if we got back on. No, we're live. We're live. So, <laughs> okay. But you're doing good. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking yeah. anyway, so you're, you're good. So what is market share grabbing? Okay, market share, market grabbing. share grabbing. It's a it's a, um, a line that I heard today. I, I'm on every podcast there is before I do my own here, right? And uh, it it jumped out at me. And uh, and yes, they did grant me to use it. So, um, so it has to do share. with uh, like going to the grocery store and yeah, like yeah. grabbing stuff. <laughs> That's off what the, my daughter the said, shelves, right? right? She said he did. What are you talking about? Market share? What are we grabbing? Don't you get arrested if you're grabbing stuff, Dad? We're grabbing no. toilet paper. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. The pandemic, right? So th- this is not what we're talking about, right? No. Market share grabbing at a time of December of 2024. What does that mean in this market right now? I feel like it kind of is an answer that we somewhat already went over. Yeah. It's, it's the hard work 
it's the marketing and it's the brand awareness. Uh, yeah. For me, I mean, that answer is going to be different for every single person because if there's one thing I've learned while being in the real estate interest, industry uh, is there is a thousand ways to play this game. Yeah, There is not one way to play this game. There's not one size fits all. And in all reality, that's why a lot of people like this business because they can tune it to their lives. Uh, they can fine tune this business to make it work for them and uh, what's important to them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that answer is not going to be a one size fits all answer. Uh, but if you ask me like, Someone who's been in the business, they already have, uh, you know, the the people in their pipeline. Uh, they already have the people who call them. Uh, I think that the answer for market share grabbing is awareness, awareness, awareness. Yeah. Brand recognition. Especially marketing. now. Education. Uh, yeah. You know, educating. Um, yeah. Attacking the streets to, to, you know, get your name out Getting there. Getting like your you name said. out there. Um, Visibility. Visibility is key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that leads me to, you know, Tori runs a team, right? So uh, he runs the Shroff Group. Um, I deal with a lot of teams. Like, I, you know, a lot of the loan officers that I've met and done business with in my time all started their own teams like Tori. Like, I, when we worked with Tori in the beginning, he was only just a sole guy on his own, right? And oh, then yeah. every year he would call me and, and say, listen, I'm bringing on another guy onto my team, you know, and, or, or a girl or whoever it may be onto my team. And, uh, you know, they're really good. They're, they're sharp. And I always knew that... He wasn't just going to bring on anybody off the street. He would he would vet them. He would put them through his own uh, process of who he wanted. And um, you know, so building a team right now. What's what's your piece of advice to your team right now? To to um, I guess what's your piece of advice on building a team right now? Is it still even worth it in the current market? And then you know, your piece of advice now that the guys that you still have on your team because a lot of them are jumping ship you know, to, to keep them with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shout out to Adam Wright, uh, a killer. Adam is a great guy. Shout out to Adam Wright. No doubt. Yeah. Big, no doubt. uh, Sharp. big player for me. Yeah. Um, incredible agent, uh, grown every day. Love to see it. Um, and the question comes down to what, what would I tell them or what would I say to building, building a team? Right. Like, what do you think right now? Is it, that's really your answer right there find you a bunch of Adam Wrights. Yeah, which is not easy. <laughs> make sure you make sure you, you pick the right yeah, people yeah, to, to put that. on your team. Uh, the people you work with are are your uh your strongest weapon for yeah. sure. But this is very tough to find people like that. Yes. Um I've weeded through people. But don't uh, just try to build just to build. That's another thing um that's important to talk about when it comes to building a team. Mm -hmm. Don't think oh yeah, the biggest army wins. That's not really the best way to do it, uh, especially if you're taking on more overhead, you're, you're taking on more expenses, you're trying to, to build something. Well, if you build p things with the wrong building blocks, uh, your, your castle's gonna come falling down. Sure. You gotta build with the right building blocks. So there, there requires a little bit of patience with that. Um, you know, there's, you definitely don't wanna hire the wrong people. Uh, so if you are gonna build a team right now, I would say, really really be selective uh and pick those people who are hungry they're ferocious they're ready to get after it they've got good people skills they can talk to people they can and they can understand concepts uh, do you think that the number one thing that a person needs in this business is to learn how to talk to people 100 percent. okay uh well i mean it doesn't matter a, a little bit of both uh people skills is big okay People skills is big. I think but I think to me that's number one. I'm with you. Probably number one, but two and three are, are pretty important too. 
uh, product knowledge, okay. understanding houses, understanding how they work, how they're built, how much it costs to do this, how much it costs to do that, looking at different things, knowing what the problems are, knowing how to solve them, knowing the loans, knowing all that. So you need to know product knowledge. Yep. Yep. And uh, you also need to understand market and economics. Okay. Uh, because when you do talk to people, yeah, it's great to have great people skills, but if you don't know what you're talking about, you're just spewing garbage. I mean, you and, can look as good as you want. You can act. Uh, and you might even get some business, but you're not going to help people. You're not going to help people once you open your mouth, right? Yeah. Because you're not going to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, people have to like you. I mean, this is, uh, you know, I, I can't teach that in, in this business. Like, uh, there's a lot of uh, loan officers or realtors who just don't speak. Right? And it's just not a kind of business where you can't speak. Like you have to have no. a personality. You got to be able to speak to people. You got to look them dead in the eye. You got to be personable. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. you got to be friends with them. Like this is not, you know, this is not sales one one Like, you know, like, and I go back to this computer stuff nowadays where the computers are talking for people. They don't like that. People want to no. hear you talk. They want to hear your sincerity. They want to know it's coming from you. They want to know you. Most of these people who buy houses and do mortgages through you want to be your friend. Believe yeah. it or oh, not. Oh, absolutely. And they, a, lot of them, a lot of them be, do become your they friends. They become your friends. You, uh, you know, the, there's people I've met through the business that I'll probably know for 20, 30, 40 years. There you go. Point. It's a um, lifelong you know, uh, Those conversations friendship. will continue to happen. I speak to past clients all the time, and uh, I don't just speak to them because, hey, like, hey, what's going on with your house? No, we, we have genuine conversations. Yeah. 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 Um, you got to have so. a personality. It's a, it's tough to teach nowadays. I think, uh, you know, uh, a lot of it is, is texting and emailing nowadays, which I understand that saves me time too. Sometimes I don't like to get on the phone or talk to people face to face, but I think you really have to do it in order to succeed in this business. You must be able to talk to people. That's oh, it. Uh, 100%. 100%. Right. So, <laughs> you know, so all this, uh, so you, I hear you guys have to start justifying yourself on why, what, what is a, a realtor, right? So, so justify yourself, your job to your clients now, even more now than ever. Yeah. Right? So Definitely. why? What, what's going on here where it's turned into the fact that people, is it that people, I guess, are not trusting? Uh, I, I think it's a combination of things. I think the... The, the most negative facet of that is there's a lot of bad actors in this business, unfortunately. Uh, every time there's a, a situation where there's a, a potential lucrative opportunity, uh, the people who are just looking for the money are going to come out of the woodwork. Okay. Uh, and they're going to try and find it. So uh, when you take a business that deals with some of the most important things that people are going to do in their lifetime, yeah. uh, the biggest investment that many people will make in their lifetime and then you add bad actors to it, yeah. uh, you're going to get people who are going to have a bad taste in their mouth because they pick the wrong people to work with. Right. And when they pick those people, uh, it, it ends up in disaster for them. Uh, I think if you're just doing your job and being sincere and doing the work for these people, you, that's justification enough to say that I am the man for the job. Right? Yeah. That, well, that you're, you're sincere and you, you've been in it and you have a track record, you have reviews to prove it. You know that definitely, right? Definitely, uh, you you got to lead with your heart uh, with these people. Uh, it's it's not all about money. Um, you're you're really dealing with people's lives uh, and and how it could go in the future for them. Yeah. Uh, so you really have to lead with your heart uh, when you see a, a money making opportunity, but it's not right for that person. You have to tell them. Yeah. Uh, you know, or you at least have to give your opinion. 
to them. I mean, at the end of the day, they make their own decisions. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you got to be that guy who says, this isn't, you know, I don't think that this is a good idea. Um, you know, and, and sometimes that's hard, uh, but, but you got to do it. But as far as, like, your value as a realtor, your value as a realtor really comes from what we spoke about with the last question. You, you have to have your product knowledge. Yeah. Uh, you have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you're trying to sell a product that you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to hurt people. Yeah. Um, so you have to know what you're talking about, and then you have to understand economics. Uh, a lot of things that in, are involved with real estate is economics-based. Yeah. Uh, if you think that you could just know houses and not understand economics, you're also not doing your job. Yeah, you're not doing your job. Because right. uh, these people are not only buying a house that they're going to live in, but they're making the biggest investment of their lives. Yeah. Uh, so even though we're not financial advisors, you got to try your best to put as many hats on as you sure. possibly can. Yeah. Uh, so those two are, are the biggest things. And then also just making sure you're not lazy on people. Going out there and actually doing the work. Yeah, which is not easy nowadays because, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to work, which is not going to get you anywhere when it comes to, yeah. uh, you know, to this business. So, And um, people who have bought and sold houses, if they've done it a couple times or if they've worked with different people, they can probably quickly tell you the difference between someone who's doing their job, yeah. a, a good realtor and a bad realtor. Right. And, right. and many will tell you that their good realtor was uh, worth their weight in gold. Uh, and everyone who's had their bad realtor would be telling you how bad of an they experience know. it was. Yeah. And they don't have any problems telling yeah. you that either. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so this question is for the loan officers out there uh, because I know I'm going to do one for you guys because I know you're listening to, and I don't want you to shut off the, the thing because I just talked about realtors. But All right, so I'm a loan officer, right? I come to you. I don't know you, but I want to get business from you, right? Because I see that you're a successful guy. I know you know what you're doing. All right, I see you on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, the Shroff Group. You're, you're waving your pictures of your closed houses, and, you're, and I know you're doing deals. I even went into that computer system <laughs> and told me what you did last year. I know your whole life, right? They, they look up everything nowadays, yeah. right? Yeah. Every, they know everything. Believe me, they recruit me too. So, um, you know, a lot of refinance loan officers are watching us right now. All they do is refinances. They don't do any purchases, but they've now learned that the shifting of the market has made them jump into the purchase market because there are no deals to be done on the refinance end because the rates have gone up. That is a fact. Um, now, they're trying to crack into getting realtors and getting business from realtors like yourself. What do I got to do? I've got two answers for that. Okay. The first answer is if you are trying to find somebody who's doing business and you do want to try and go for a bigger dog, uh, you have to find a way to provide value to that person. Um, it doesn't always mean pay to play. It might mean find us a way to do business together that you bring to me okay. that I see as a good opportunity that we can do together and that we can grow together. Okay. Um, work for a reputable company because <laughs> if you – if no matter how good you are, if, if your company can't close loans, we don't, we, we don't want to work with you. Right. Um, so you got to provide that value. You have to find a way to provide that value. And the problem is, is that, you know, a lot of loan officers, we don't get many deals on our own. Now, yeah. in this day and age, we can generate 
Yeah. Else, right. You know, if you, you can market and they think have things called Facebook ads. Now they have things that called Instagram ads and LinkedIn ads, and you could do any type of Google ads and whatever you want to do. You know, you could even market to your own neighborhood and, and send a postcard out with your own information. And those people hit you back and say, yes, I want to sell my house. And you get it back to a guy like Tori. There are ways that a loan officer can market on their own to drive business to the realtor. Yeah. I think there's a better way. Well, I, I like the ideas of stuff like this, where you're like doing a podcast or you're doing a first time home buyer seminar or yeah. something like this and invite somebody to do something with you that might generate leads. But if you ask my honest opinion, how I would try to be if I was a loan officer and how I would tackle the, the business or, or try and get into the business, it wouldn't really be to go for that bigger player. I'd be trying to find the Adam Wrights of the world, the new guys in the business who are hungry, who want to grow something together. Okay. I think that's the They're better way to succeed. They're easier to build a relationship with versus your, Much your, easier. Your big, you know, they, we call them whales, right? The, the whales of the business yeah. that do all the business. And it's get, like getting the first round draft picks. Right. You know? and, and then to get them. And starting from the ground floor and building up. You got to do that. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and I'm sure you get hit all day, every day, right? I mean, how many, how many offers do you get a week from it's loan It's frustrating. Offers? <laughs> I don't even want to know. Yeah. I don't even want to know. But that should be a testament to you because yes. obviously yeah. uh, right. we, we, we always do business together. Business. I, I shut them down every time. But it is frustrating, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, it's, it's very frustrating, especially because a lot of them come with no real value that they're, they're bringing. Um, you know, one of the big things that a lot of them are doing now that's like the worst thing ever is they'll hire a VA. And they'll I be like, know, oh, I know. Uh, this person who some big yes. lender wants to speak to, right, they, right, right. they want to talk to you about opportunities. Yeah. Do you have a time to talk to them? It's like, yeah. why, why? It's like, they, who is well, he? God. Clearly, I wasn't important enough for them to call me God themselves. God has sent me down <laughs> and said, would you like to speak to him? He, yeah. has, he has wise words to say to you. And then when you get God on the it's phone. It's actually offensive. Yeah, it's, it's, it is offensive. <laughs> Very. You know, it's like, yeah. okay. Then you get him on the phone and I'm like, Okay, you got me on the phone now. Your VA set this big appointment up, you know, that had to be done at a specific time. What do you got for me? Yeah. Well, I was just wanted to see if you wanted to do business, if you have anybody that you wanted me to pre-approve for you. Yeah, I already got uh, somebody <laughs> who does that for me. Sorry. I mean, that's what that's all about, obviously, yeah. as you yeah. know. You know but, but that's good that you brought that up because that's another thing out there. You know, I'm an old school guy. I email people. I still text people. I have Anthony, my, my new uh, loan officer on my team, who's been you know, uh, sending direct messages on Instagram and sending direct messages on Facebook on top of texting you know, to get these people to, uh, to somewhat respond instead of playing the game of, you know, hi, I'm such and such, and Alex Taberney would like to speak to you. What's that? No, I would never make a loan officer do that for me, ever. I am still on the front line attacking myself. That's it. That, if you're not doing that, and I know he's doing it too, to get business, that's, you got a problem. You know, you have to, you have to stay, you can't forget where you came from and all of a sudden now I need a VA to, to make those phone calls for me. And that's a joke. Yeah. You know, so, um, all right. So uh, credit scores are a big one right now. Um, you know, the average realtor feels that the, what credit score should we be allowed to go down to, right? So I get a lot of questions on, you know, what's the credit score requirements for, for borrowers right now? They'll send me somebody with a, with a 620 and say, I don't think you're going to be able to do this. Little do you know, you could go down. Oh, yeah. I mean, me and you have done deals. We've done them down to 580. 580, right? Yeah. So, they, you know, 580 is that key number, which most lenders will go down to on an FHA deal. Yeah. Um, 
How many of you have had under 620? I mean, you've done them before. Where, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I did them a lot more uh, earlier in the business, but uh, we still close them. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it all just depends on uh, the buyer themselves. Uh, you know, You're not they... the kind of guy that says if it's a 590 or 600, I don't want to work with them. No. There's certain people that are like that. No, you I got you got to send that, it out. It's every every person out there is is different, and for a lot of people, uh, you know, if your credit is is down there, a lot of times you probably do have too much hair. Maybe you shouldn't be buying a house. Sure, uh, but that's not everybody. And right. some of these people, uh, you know, they had a rough go. Uh, you know, some things happened, and it and it turned them uh, into a situation where. Uh, maybe they lost track of some bills or something like that, and it, it it really hurt their credit score. But at the same time, they uh, they've been working on getting it back up. They saved a little bit of money. They have a good job. They have a steady income. They're not losing their job anytime soon, and they're looking for a place for their family. Yeah, you know that's good. Uh, I mean, that, I think that's we. I don't shy away from a five ninety or a five eighty. I mean, yeah. you know, we don't. You got to give everybody a shot. You're right. Yeah. Some people probably don't. Uh, need to buy a house. I mean, you know, they're in a situation where they've never paid a bill pretty much in their life from what, what we see sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. And and then they want to buy a house. That's a problem. But if you've been in a jam in the past and you just so happen to have a lower credit score and you've been working on getting it up, let's take a look. You know, I mean, a, a, you know, a 600 credit score, a 620 credit score is not the death of you. Uh, it's not the death of, of Tori either. He knows I'll we'll work the deal. It doesn't you know, even so. work. It doesn't hurt to inquire either. You see right. what happens. Right. Yeah. What do you think about those grants out there? Those first-time buyer grants. You, uh, you know, when when it was at the highest point of the market where there was bidding wars on everything, uh, it was somewhat of a death sentence unless you were able to say, tell someone, "Look, we need to find something that uh, you know has been sitting for a while, the diamond in the rough." Yeah. Um, just because, like, trying to get one of those offers accepted was really tough. But now that we're seeing a much softer market. Uh, I think it's, it's a great, I think it's a, I, you know, for, for the people that it's meant for, I think it could really be a great opportunity for them. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about That's because it's 10, a softer market, like you said. Yeah. And it's easier to get an offer accepted with, with, yeah. that, with that grant. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It's a, it's not a program for everyone though. Um, and that's one of those things that you really want to put out there. If you're someone who does have really strong buying power, uh, if you're someone who do, has saved up that cash, uh, if you're someone who doesn't need that money, um, you can put yourself in a much better leveraged position while making an offer uh, by not using it. Sure. Um, and also, um, you know, using a better loan product for yourself that gives you more options in the future. I mean, there's 3% down products out there, people, that are very good products. They give you a low interest rate, low PMI. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you, can you do a 3% down program? Of course you can. You know, I mean, yeah. we have a lot of them. I'm not talking about FHA. I'm talking about conventional. They have 3% down programs where the rates are really good, the PMI is low, and uh, it's something that you might want to look into. You know, uh, options is what I say as you move yeah. into. Like me and Tori, we've compared a lot of clients, FHA versus conventional, 3.5% down versus 3% down. What makes more sense? You know, yeah. you got to do that. Uh, yeah. With, with and sometimes clients. it's surprising, as we learned, uh, we learned not long ago. Right, that's why I brought it up. Because, you know, it's a, <laughs> yeah, we learned that FHA was giving such a low interest rate versus this conventional buyer who was putting, you know, he was, what was he going to do, 20% yeah, down? Yeah, he was going to do 20% down. He was going to do 20% down conventional. We had him at 3.5% down FHA. We were, we were comparing both, and it worked out where the, the rate was so low on the FHA that it beat out the conventional with the 20% down 
Then we were going to do it with 5% down conventional, and it still beat it out. Overall, it looked like FHA was the way to go. Is that what, what happened there? Keep more money in your pocket and invest it in another way. There you go. Yeah. And it was extremely surprising to Tori. It was even surprising <laughs> to me because the guy had an 800 It was blowing score, my mind. You know, but the, the rate, I think, was like in the sixes on the FHA and the high sevens on the conventional. It was over a point spread on the rate, which made up such a big difference that me and him, our heads were spinning because it was like, where did this come from? Yeah. You know, but that's this market, and those are the options you got to lay out for your clients because guess what? If you don't do it and you don't have a realtor who's, who says, okay, let's look at both options, and he's open-minded to it, and he's not just saying conventional, 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 because the FHA deal is going to work out better for you overall in the long run, so be it. Let's go FHA. He's not going to – you can't do that. Like, you got to give them the options and see which way they want to go. Yes, conventional is a stronger offer if it gets accepted. But overall, we don't want to put them in a bad situation where they could have gotten – because they will find out that it would have been a better situation, and you'll look like the bad guy in the yeah. long run. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I'm sure you feel that way. Yeah. Right. And so, you got to let people make their own decisions too. Yeah. Let them make their own We're decisions. We're not the decision makers. Yeah. We help you make educated decisions. And look at his face. I mean, is that, <laughs> does that face lie there? I mean, come on. He's, he's telling the truth this time. Right? No. <laughs> no, every time. I'm joking. So listen, uh, let's start it. Let's go. Uh, last one for the uh, predictions for 2024. Where are we going <clears throat> in Tori Schroff's mind? By the end of 2024, December of 2024, you know, I'll bring you back on the podcast, right? Yeah. I'll put the date down here. We'll see how we did on our predictions. Right. We'll see how we were on the predictions. What do you think? One year from now, I'm sitting on the couch with you here and we're, you know, we're filming this and you, you, what happened? My prediction for the end of 2024 is small growth in prices. Okay. Small growth in prices, Um, depending on how fast things start happening. Um, I think that the writing's on the wall for, how it's going to go. Hopefully I'm right. Could be wrong. Um, the timeline is a little bit of a question. Okay. Uh, so my, my opinion is small growth through 2024, but we, I think we're going to squeak out a little growth. Okay. And uh, are we in a somewhat of a happier place at this time next year versus where we are right now? Like, is it, I is it actually think vibes? we're going to be... <laughs> So this is an interesting answer to this. Okay. I think we're either going to be in the worst place or the best place. I don't think we're going to be in the middle. Okay. So it's going to be either really bad or really good. That's my opinion. It's not just going to be a a level. You know, it's funny you said that. You know, somebody told me um, that they think that 2025 is going to be really bad, that 2024 is going to be a good year because the rates will come down. And then this inflation thing uh, is going to really catch up. We're in such bad debt in this country. This guy's like an economist. that I saw him at a networking event, and uh, I thought he was nuts, but he sounded like he was really new his stuff, like he's one of those New York guys. That, and he said, listen, Alex, you're going you're gonna to go back into a good place in 2024. You're going you're gonna to do deals again, and everybody's going to feel good because the rates are going to go down. And then these numbers are really going to show that this country is in serious serious debt by the end of 2024 and the inflation is going to then shoot through the ceiling again and at that point 2025 we're going to head into some seriously high rates i think that that could happen but i just don't see how we can fix our inventory problem 
And especially when we're dealing with such high inflation, even though economically and how much business we're doing yeah. might be not good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be really, really tough to bring those home prices down. And I think what's going to make the recession feel real to people is that they can't afford anything. And that could include a house. Right. Which is going to drive things a little bit haywire, yeah. you know, so it could happen. Yeah. I'm hoping this guy's wrong. You know, after he, after I <laughs> talked to this guy, I, you know, I, I wanted to leave and, you know, never talk to him again. Like he asked for my number and I said no. <laughs> hey, who knows? As I said, there's no crystal ball. He's like, dude, you want to do like trying to network with me at the end. Like, you want to do something? No, I'm not doing business I with can't, you. I can't. I don't know you. I, you're crazy. All right. Don't yeah. even talk to me again. Lose my number. You never saw me. I never heard you. You're killing my optimism. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm on a high vibe and you're sending me home telling me that we're, we're all going to die in 2025. That's not happening. All right. Yeah. I, I, Another I, interesting you know, thing to think about all these questions though, that could throw a huge, huge thing into 2024 is it's an election well, year. I have that circled. We they can't let the market crash year. in 2024. What I've been saying. How do you let the market crash in 2024 you if you want to win the presidency next year? You don't. You don't. Everything's got to get rosier. Everything is going to be looking a lot better than it did because it's an election year. I mean, they're not going to, you know, you won't vote for somebody who's letting the market crash. They want to see the market going up. So they're going to vote for somebody who is making everything look great. And then once they get elected, we go back. And then maybe that's why he's calling for 2025. That's, I don't he, know. I mean, he I could don't be know. Right. He had something behind that. That is just yeah. crazy. So, yeah, listen, it's, uh, it's I want to thank you for answer. coming on, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for job. having me. This I'm, guy, uh, smoother than smooth. Time. Look at him. Didn't flinch once. Never nothing. I mean, it wasn't a question that he couldn't hey, answer, right? I hope we could do it again. We're going to do it again. Yeah. We're going to bring you back on. All, all right. right. We're going to let some of these predictions set in, first, <laughs> right? We may be yeah, in a refi right. boom, and I'm I might not be able to do this because I'll be working in my house for 24/7. But but we're gonna we're gonna keep doing. It. I'm going to bring you back on. And, all right. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, man, because this is the kind of, of course. Episode. All right. Thanks, Good brother. Stuff. I will Glad see I you guys uh, next week. Uh, another episode on your way. I'm sure we'll have somebody as captivating as Tori. I'm not sure if we can, you know, do that, but we're going to try it anyway. And uh, I look forward to seeing you then guys. Thanks again.